Welcome to Business Drivers, the podcast dedicated to helping you be a more effective digital leader. Business Drivers is presented by Farron, and I'm your host, Jim Keen. Each episode, we connect you to leaders and ideas that unlock new growth, both professional and personal. And today, our guest is Clint Perez. Clint's a marketing consultant working with B2B and B2C brands out on the East Coast. He built his career at Best Buy and has worked with Living Social, New Star, and others as a marketing leader. He's one of those guys that's comfortable advising CMOs, but can also go deep with strategists on content, digital media, data strategy, and commerce. We covered a lot of ground in this conversation, touching on attribution models, the importance of test and learn in your media approach, and how excited we both are to get back to the office where the people are. Check out our show notes online to learn more about Clint and how to find him online. Thanks for listening. So Clint, as a marketing leader, what are you excited about right now? So actually what I'm most excited about is going back to work, honestly, like physically being in an office, physically being with and around other people. I'm a big believer in A, we're social creatures. And, and B, we are, by the nature of the work that we do as marketers, we are in a social business, right? So being around each other, you know, I'm a big believer in the water cooler conversation. I'm a big believer in collaboration and all of those things um, collectively, like building up to better marketing, better insights, better better everything. So for me, like actually getting in an office that may sound kind of weird is like super exciting. I think we're at an inflection point and we're moving from COVID and, and lockdown and pandemic. And most people refer to it as our new normal, right? Well, the new normal is becoming a newer normal uh, in that we're coming out of it now, right? And how I, I think it's kind of exciting that you get to um, because like I, I like geek out on insights, right? So, you know, you've got consumer behavior is changing. People are making purchases again. You know, people are out and going to restaurants. Like how is all of this impacting, you know, whatever business that you're in? How's it affecting your, your media spend? How is it affecting, you know, your world? So for me, this idea of one being able to actually interact with people and not on, you know, what, what would be called a Brady Bunch screen, right? Where you got like everyone on a Zoom call or, or a Teams meeting, and then being able to really dig into what changes are going on in the marketplace, and then how do we how do we take advantage of them? Well, I I can't agree enough on the working with other people. I've I've this pandemic has helped me realize just how much I need good collaborators or collaborators around me to push my thinking and to help my ideas get better. And um, we've we've definitely had some great collaboration sessions via Zoom. Yeah. But I think getting in an office with a whiteboard with real humans where you can feel and sense and touch and everything, I think will be really helpful to push better marketing ideas. Obviously for, for marketing leaders like you, a lot has changed in the last couple of years, given everything that's going on with the media landscape, the, the world of creative, the stratification of social channels, the way that brands are changing, what should senior marketing leaders be focused on right now? So I think there's two ways to answer this, this question. The first way, which is kind of like how I would answer it for myself is I'm always asking myself, how can I make myself most useful to this brand, to this company, to my marketing team, to my consumer, right? And then how do I go out and acquire those skills, experiences, you know, is it bringing in a consultant? Is it, you know, sort of the school of hard knocks, we roll up your sleeve and you just learn it. 
uh, whatever. That's that's how I'd answer that for myself. Um, looking more broadly, not just in my own experience, and you know, as I mentioned, and, and you know this, I interview marketers as well, and I've gotten to talk to a lot of people, and there's a couple of big themes that I I think have emerged over the last year plus, and and I think it's what the pandemic did was it accelerated themes that were already growing, for example. So so digital marketing is number one, right? It's huge. And along with that, it's something I've been saying ever since the birth of social media is you have to be a good storyteller, right? And so content and engagement as part of digital marketing, if you're doing digital marketing right, you're doing all of the um, content is king. Like you, you have to be, as a brand, you have to be a good storyteller, and then PR and earned media opportunities that come along with that. And, and I've seen that in my in my own work with the Better Business Bureau uh, and the National Advertising Division. We started publishing thought leadership pieces for the National Advertising Division. And lo and behold, the phone started ringing off the hook. And, you know, the reporters that were just calling and be like, hey, I want to talk to uh, Laura Brett, who, who runs our uh, that division, you know, and is an expert in advertising law. And, you know, she's she's now picking up all of these earned media opportunities. So so thinking about that whole you know dynamic of digital content earned media slash PR is is a big thing I think for all brands for a lot of reasons. Analytics that's sort of one that that maybe you wouldn't think about you know as being like something a you know senior marketer should be focusing on, but not only in my own work but other folks I've talked to, having an analytics capability that helps drive decision making, you know, particularly in a pandemic environment, right, where you don't know if your sales are going to be up 20% or down 20%, right? And right. and being able to plan for those scenarios is is super important and be able to act with confidence on those scenarios when they actually happen, super important. I've heard a lot from other marketing consultants that their clients, their most successful clients during the pandemic were those clients who were able to stay closest to their customer, yeah. right? Found creative ways to stay close to their customer, hear what their customers were telling them, and they were adaptable in their business in response to changing customer needs. So, so analytics, like um, my friend, Bill Hoffman, who's the CEO of Tradecraft Insights, he would tell you it's the most important uh, feature. Um, It's, but I'll say um, it's one of the most important things that we should be focused on. And then the last thing I would say, and this is part of digital marketing, but I think about it separately. And this is maybe my, uh, comes from my experience at Newstar, like attribution, right? Like understanding what media is driving outcomes for you and your business and investing, like you can't waste media dollars, especially in a world in which if you have declining sales or you have a declining ad budget, you know, or or constraints, like you got to understand where the outcomes are coming from. So it's one of the first things I did uh, with with the Better Business Bureau is like I define the metrics. Here's we're going to spend money. Um, this is what we're going to look at. And we developed several of them, you know, some were things like website traffic and um, increase in followers and that kind of stuff. But really for the attribution side, it was cost per thousand, cost per click, cost per acquired email address. And are we hitting 
the right audience, right? We're intending to hit lawyers, our lawyers reading our stuff or someone mm-hmm. else, right? So having those metrics, if you're a brand that's big enough to invest in a new star solution where you've got like these big econometric models that tell you what your marketing mix should be and, and your, you know, what your multi-touch attribution is great. But if you're not, that that's okay too. You can, you can sort of, you know, put it together yourself and, and figure out what your own attribution model is. So I want to dig into that just for a second and not to put you too much on the spot. And if you want to punt on this one, go ahead. But we've got some consultants that are working with what I would call small to medium-sized businesses. These are million dollars a year to $10 million a year in digital spend, which is a lot of money, but it's not, you know, it's not Procter & Gamble. It's not General Mills. And we're, we're seeing the friction between moving from a last touch channel attribution model where they're, where they're looking at where the last touch was with a more of a multi-touch, multi-channel attribution model. Any suggestions on either tools or techniques or vendors that are interesting, not a recommendation, but are just interesting for smallish brands that are looking for that more advanced model beyond just what was the last touch that we saw? Yeah. So I wish I did have uh, a recommendation now. So in my experience with Newstar, you know, we were in order to build these models for you, you had to be spending, you know, upwards of $75 million a year, which, you know, is far beyond what most companies spend in marketing. And in the Newstar world, that was like small, that wasn't a lot. Right. So again, I wish I did, but I I don't, I don't, I mean, I, the search will continue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if I come across any, I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, send it your way. Well, we should touch base in about a year and a half. And I'm, I'm sure we will have some news from Google on what they're going to provide for smaller advertisers across multiple channels. But Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's funny because we've, you know, you and I have talked about the cookie thing, right? And it's like, one of your questions is like, what's getting too much focus and that's sort of a nothing burger. And it's, it's, to me, it's like cookies going away. Like that's a big fat nothing burger. So for, for a couple of reasons, one is, you know, cookies are most relevant on desktop ad spend and uh, it's most relevant on, on non social media networks. Right. So as mobile social media consume more of your, your ad spend cookies are becoming irrelevant anyways. And then B Google and Apple are not going to make this change without a feasible way of allowing you to target your customers as you have been and and being able to report out on that because they won't make any money. So, you know, their whole financial model is, is dependent on having a reliable replacement for that. So, you know, I think rest assured you know, they will figure a replacement for the cookie and, you know, whether that's some sort of, you know, device ID or, or whatever on a computer, they'll figure it out and we'll, we'll change that. Yeah. I want to jump to a different topic We're, you know, as, as we're looking out at the landscape for the rest of this year and into 2022, we're taking a look at where growth is happening with brands and how those brands are growing faster. And we're, we're trying to look for new patterns and, and new inspiration. And we're seeing some fast growing brands that are coming up on either specific platforms in social media or 
you know, they're, they're primarily using social media and a direct consumer model to grow faster. I'm thinking brands like Outdoor Voices or Gymshark. You know, what can marketers learn from brands like that? Yeah, so I think there, there's a couple of things. So, you know, I looked up Gymshark and, and Outdoor Voices. I, I, I hadn't been familiar with them. But I think there's two things that come to mind immediately. The first one is these brands, if you're going to grow that fast, they have the product market fit down, right? So, you know, I think like Living Social, I worked for Living Social back in the day, uh, you know, Gymshark, you know, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about product marketing. I, I'm a big believer is like, you, you don't just create that crazy type of demand, right? That, that demand is latent. It's in the marketplace. You figured out a product that is, um, you know, going to feed that demand. And then from a marketing perspective, you've actually figured out how to tap into that psychology, right? That mindset of that group of consumers. You know, I looked up Gymshark on social media, on Instagram, you know, they're not really doing anything much different than what other brands are doing. Um, it, it reminded me a little bit of Under Armour. And, you know, so the second thing is I, I would dive into the analysis, right? If, if you're growing massively through Instagram, uh, one, there's, there's, arbitrage opportunities don't exist anymore, right? Back in the day, like when you were doing digital marketing for, for General Mills and, and I was at Best Buy, there were arbitrage opportunities in digital media, right? Yeah. You could get outsized returns, outsized gains. Um, but over time, as more people did them, all of those things went away, right? So, so they're not... You know, they're not doing anything different or spectacular, I don't think, from a marketing perspective. Like maybe their positioning, their brand positioning is better. Maybe they have found some incremental way to um, do their Instagram marketing a little bit better. You know, but for me, I would just when I look at a brand like that, I'm like, okay. Uh, yes, you can do the analysis of like, what do they do to gain followers? What did they do? You know, how are they acting or behaving differently on a certain platform than others? But it mostly goes back to value proposition to me, like outdoor voices. I looked again, uh, do they do apparel or they're yeah. doing? Yeah. yeah. So both of these are apparel brands, right? And uh, Outdoor Voices actually reminds me a little bit of Living Social, right? If you go on their website, they've got like, hey, there's Outdoor Voices in, in Seattle, Outdoor Voices in Minneapolis, Outdoor Voices in New York City, right? And, and that's exactly what Living Social did um, back in 2013, right? So that's not a new idea, right? But they're approaching the market differently for more of a social crowdsourced perspective than say an Under Armour or a Nike or, or someone like that. So, mm -hmm. and again, I, I had a really fast growing client when I was at Newstar. I, I, I won't name them specifically, but, but again, you know, their product was disrupting the marketplace. Their value proposition was, was different. They've been copied since then, but their secret was there's no real secret. It's about doing the basics right and tapping into that latent demand that exists in the marketplace. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm drawn to brands like that. And those are just examples because of the pace of their growth. And yeah. I think it's easy to look at where is the marketing happening as the differentiator when in reality, I don't think that's it at all. It's, 
You know, I, I was talking with somebody else about this yesterday and, you know, you mentioned the product market fit as being a, yep. a key driver. And I think you're really right. And the other gentleman I was talking to was talking about how they had the brand basics and the brand fundamentals, right? Which is they knew who they were as a brand. They were really clear on who their audience was. They had the insights down. And those were the things that enabled the fast growth. It really didn't have anything to do with the tactical execution on the channel or the strategic media allocation choice on which channel to grow on. It was really more like they had the basics dialed in. Yep. And it was interesting, you know, it was compelling. I agree with that hundred percent. And it's, it's interesting. You talk about voice too, right? So I actually just watched this YouTube video. It was about the downfall of the Simpsons. Right? <laughs> have the Simpsons had a downfall? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they, they just show, they show like the ratings of, of the show and after season seven, it just whew, right through yeah. the floor. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the voice, right? It was, you had the same group of writers writing for the first seven seasons. Um, one of which was Conan O'Brien. So it was great. They were laser focused on character. They were laser focused on, like getting the jokes right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if something came out of Homer's mouth or Marge's mouth or whatever, it was with purpose, right? It, it wasn't just some, you know, random joke that was being made. It was like, this is something that Homer would say, right? Yeah. Post season seven, they lost all their writers. You know, they had 25 writers and I think like 17 of them left, right? So like they lost the whole room. And what happened was they they weren't as focused on character. They weren't as focused on voice, right? And then you have you had Homer saying things then after that point that were like, it was just a stupid, you know, joke that was being made. It wasn't like true to Homer's character and who he was. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the same thing that's going on with brands. And, and I think since the advent of social media, brands have had to become better storytellers. You know, you have to be a story. You have to create content. I mean, I even said this back in 2007 and, and I kind of got laughed at a little bit, but like brands have to be good storytellers. Right. Yeah. And there there is an art to telling a good story and telling it consistently. And so that's what I think you see in some of these brands, like to your point, they got the, they know who they are. They know who they're going after. They know what their voice is and they know how that translates to you know, whatever tactical execution happens to be. It's great to hear you say that. I've been sensing some of that myself as I, I work with a couple brands that are trying to navigate a little bit of a transition. What are the budget shifts that marketers should make as they sort of turn the corner or they hit the midpoint of 21 and as they're looking ahead to 22? Like, yep. where should they be spending more? Where should they be spending less? Yeah, uh, it depends. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I can I can relate my own story, but I will tell you why I brought up attribution earlier right? is I can't tell you for your business where you should be spending your money. That's that's something where, where you kind of have to make that decision. But um, I'll tell you kind of how I approached it. And it kind of leans in a little bit to, you know, agile tactics is I, I've always taken a test and learn approach. Right. Um, first of all, digital is important. Everything's becoming more addressable. And so leaning into these channels, addressable channels, digital channels, finding those efficiencies is important. But, you know, we started out with, again, I think I picked up this phrase from you, Jim, is bet, bet gardens, not farms, right? So 
you know, bet a garden. And we started, we were trying to reach lawyers. We started on LinkedIn. That, that gave us decent performance. We expanded to Google Display Network. The desktop version of that was awful for us. Yeah. Um, the mobile version was like lights out our, our best CPM, our best CPC. So, you know, mobile. So we're leaning heavily into mobile for that reason, right? So we bet, bet our garden. Now we're growing it to a farm. You know, we, we didn't think because we're a B2B brand, we didn't think Facebook was going to be really, was going to be good for us. Yeah. Um, however, uh, we found out that Facebook. Surprisingly uh, effective, right? Yeah. It has a lot of advertising law communities on it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, I think was the learning for us, right? Is yeah, it's a, it's a consumer social network, but like there are people on there discussing business issues. There are business forums to be, to be penetrated and, you know, depending on the topic, right? So it wasn't perfect for every topic, but we've been writing a lot. I think particularly because of COVID, uh, the National Advertising Division has has seen a lot of cases around health claims, right? Yeah. So take this pill, it helps cure COVID, right? No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so we've been writing a lot about that stuff and we found a lot of health communities on Facebook and, and they loved our our content, right? So, you know, other than like the global go digital, go mobile, which I think, again, is pretty much a standard these days, right? Um, I think you have to look at your own data, yeah. right? You know, yes, the media landscape is changing. It, it is getting more digital. It is getting more addressable. Um, but my brand is not going to perform the same as your brand, right? And so you have to look at the data. I'll even go to like... Some of the clients I had when I was a new star, retailers like get outsized performance from TV advertising still, still to yeah. this day. Yeah. So, uh, all right, go invest in television. If you're a retailer, you should be investing in television. Some of our smaller, more, you know, direct to consumer type brands that, that I worked with, um, some of these fast growing brands that you talked about earlier, heavy investment in social, yeah. heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah, so, it works great. I think the question is, ultimately, it goes back to the marketing fundamentals that we talked about earlier is, who is your customer and, and where are you going to find them? And what's the most efficient way to reach them, right? And, and that's, you got to kind of figure that out yourself. So yeah. I think the answer to me is, get your attribution right, and then let the numbers tell you where to go. That's great. All right. So I want to do a couple um, sort of rapid fire questions. So what is a book or a podcast that you would recommend right now? Um, so there's a couple. So this, this is going to go in two different directions. There is, I'm a big fan of stoicism. So I, I don't, I don't know if you read uh, Ryan Holiday or any, 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 any of that kind of stuff, but I would say any book by Ryan Holiday, he wrote the, the big one for me is the daily stoic, okay. um, which is daily, daily meditations based on stoic philosophy. The big one for me personally in that regard is uh, he, he wrote a series of books. One is called Ego is the Enemy. Uh, two is Stillness is the Key. But the one that I found to be most relevant to me, and I think from a business perspective and, and was very applicable during the pandemic, it's called The Obstacle is the Way. Yeah. Um, and it's based on a, on a quote from Marcus Aurelius that says, um, the impediment to action is the impetus for action. Um, right. So that to me was very inspiring during the pandemic, both on a personal and professional level. I think from a, um, a podcast perspective or a marketing perspective, um, a great book that I read recently is called How Brands Grow. 
um, that basically uh, blows up every closely held marketing belief that we all have. So if you want to challenge your thinking as a marketer, it's a great book to read. And then the, my favorite podcast I listen to is something called Grow and Convert. And what I really love about those guys, it's all about content marketing. It's all about SEO. It's really, they get in a fairly granular detail without sort of giving away their secret sauce, you know, on, on how to think about content marketing, how to yeah. think about SEO. And, and it's great. They show you how they do their research on content and how they do their research on keywords. And, you know, they'll have an hour long debate on um, not only what is the, what are the right keywords we should be going after, but what is the right content to fulfill the search once someone searches on that keyword. So it, it's a really fascinating podcast. I think there, um, there was one recent episode that was like two hours long. I've listened to it like three times. Like I, and I keep finding new, new things in, in it. I'll just throw it on in the background. I'm like, Oh, that that's what they meant. So Got it. Um, really, 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 really smart guys, really smart thinking um, that you can take and apply in your own business. That's great. Okay. Again, quick hit. When you think of the the landscape that a marketer is looking at or working in right now, what's getting too much hype? I kind of hit that on that before. It, it's the cookies. Like okay. I, I think that got way too much hype. Um, yes, it's critical to a lot of businesses. Yes, people have to understand it, but it's not like um, a sea change in terms of like it's not going to make or break your business. Right? Okay. There, there's going to be a solution that is going to be workable for all marketers. It's going to be work workable for Google, workable for Apple. Um, you know, so I, I think that's a, a lot of hoo ha, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it is important. I'm not saying it's not important, but I think it, it got a little bit more attention than, than it deserved. All right. So what's getting underhyped? What should be on the radar for marketers or digital leaders right now that might not be? So I think the marketing tech, the technology um, that underlies marketing is probably not getting enough hype, right? And I think in, in some of your, your notes that you sent over to me, you mentioned AI. And what I really, um, that really sort of sparked with me is, and, and this was the great thing I loved about working for Newstar is like, you got to go out and, and, you know, not only did I have like some of these up and coming brands, but I got to work with some really sophisticated marketers that were thinking so much differently about how to go to market that it was like, it was striking. You're like, it can be a competitive advantage to a company if they understand, you know, how the plumbing works basically, yeah. right. Yep. And, and how digital ads are placed and measured. And, and one of the big things that I think is going to be coming soon is, is AI. And, and what that's going to do is, you know, right now you say, okay, here's the data. I want these audiences targets. It targets this cookie pool. You know, you measure impressions, clicks, whatever. Pretty soon. And what companies like new style, and, and I think their competitors are, are already investing in is the artificial intelligence that then is going to take that data, all of that data, and then optimize it for you. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. You'll, you'll no longer have the human in there optimizing reach, frequency, you know, all, all, uh, overlap. There's some machine that's going to take that all, all in. And it's going to put it in the gonculator and it's going to say, okay, here, here's, here's the new set of cookies that you need to target. Right. So that's one thing. And I think um, the other one, and, and obviously if you're big enough to be spending on TV, addressable TV is, yeah. is going to be, that's going to be huge. 
Um, everything's being is becoming addressable in this world of data. Um, as computing power increases, you know, even billboards are addressable now, right? Yeah. I can I can look at all of the device IDs surrounding a you know geo located billboard, and I can decide what ad to serve based on what the device IDs tell me about the audience that's in that area right now. Right. So it's, it's creepy and it's getting creepier and it's going to get creepier, but I, I think paying attention to and really understanding um, how that plumbing works is, is, you know, and it's hard work, right? Like it's not obvious on the surface. You know, if you work for a company you know, like a General Mills or whatever, you, you don't get to go out and talk to P&G and uh, your Unilever and your peer sets, right? Or, or Kellogg or whoever. And they're not going to tell you what, what they're doing. Um, but if you have a good partner in someone like a new star who is, you know, on the front edge of, of, of that sort of information, that kind of data, they're going to be able to help you learn that stuff yeah. um, and, you know, make smarter decisions for yourself and for your company going forward. That's great. Well, hey, Clint, thank you so much for taking the time. Learned a lot. Really appreciate it. And thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Um, it's always good to see you. It's always good to chat. And so uh, maybe I can get you on my uh, blog again so sometime soon. Yeah, I would love that. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to Business Drivers presented by Farron. Find us at hellofarron.com to learn more about the work we do, sign up for our newsletter, and find articles and resources to help you grow as a leader. Or find us on Twitter at hellofarron or on LinkedIn. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend. It's the best way for us to grow our audience. We'd love to reach more people with the work that we're doing. And if you have ideas or advice or feedback or complaints, please reach out to us on Twitter or send us an email at bizdrivers at hellofarron.com. That's B-I-Z-D-R-I-V-E-R-S at hellofarron.com. Until next time, this is Jim Keen saying thanks. Thanks.